Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I am your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 24. This week, we will be diving into the Scottish Open, my favorite bets, as well as my favorite DraftKings plays. First, be sure to follow and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We have a major coming up next week, so all those reviews go a long way towards getting us some new listeners. Would be greatly appreciated. First, we can quickly go over the John Deere. Obviously, that was a complete disaster of a tournament, one of the worst fields we've had in a while. Congratulations, JT Poston. Did have him in the player pool, so that helped a bit. I did actually take a chance on fading Webb, so that helped out a lot, too. Really had a lot of the guys that came towards the top, not exactly the perfect roster construction. I did finish pretty high up there. I think I was like 60th in the big $3, so not a bad week, pretty profitable overall. Made some good calls, but that tournament was pretty boring and and pretty anticlimactic, so we don't need to spend too much time on that. Like I said, good for JT Poston, but uh, we're moving on to this week. We go to the Scottish Open, so this is a PGA and DP World Tour co-sanctioned event. 75 guys from each tour will be in the field, and it, it is a good one. I mean, basically, we're looking at a major field here. You have some of the best players in the world up top, some of the best players from the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. So we head to Scotland to the Renaissance Club in North Berwick. And the Renaissance Club has hosted this tournament for the last three years. All three years have actually finished in a playoff with your winner last year, Minwoo Lee. In 2020, we had Aaron Rye, and in 2019, Bern Wiesberger. So Minwoo was minus 18, Aaron Rye was minus 11, Wiesberger was minus 22. So really, it's going to come down to what the weather does, which is always the case when we're in Scotland. This is a coastal course, so we could see a lot of wind, a lot of changes in, in weather So that's going to be something to look into. I think if the wind is blowing pretty good, we're probably looking at a score close to minus 10, maybe even a little bit lower. But if there's really not a lot of wind, this course is probably gettable, and and you could see guys going closer to that minus 20 number. Now, the course, we don't have a ton of information, obviously, as the DP World Tour doesn't record strokes gained as the PGA does. But as far as the course itself, it is a 7,300-yard par 71, and the difference with this course is most par 71s, you do not have the full array of par 5s. However, there are four par 5s on this course and five par 3s. So the front nine, there are two par 5s that measure around 600 yards, while the two on the back are a little bit more reachable at 541 and 551. So those will be the holes that guys will be looking to score on the most, as well as the fifth hole, which is almost drivable, depending on how the wind is, coming in at 338 yards. So those are really going to be the holes that guys are going to try and go low on. Three of the par fives do measure over 200 yards. The other two are much shorter at 148 and 163 yards. So this is an interesting course, obviously a Lynx-style course. And as I said before, it is coastal. So there are a couple holes that actually remind me a little bit of Pebble Beach with the sharp drop-offs to the cliffs. So it should be interesting. You're going to want to 
play some guys that have some history playing either in this tournament or on the link style courses and in the open championship and that's really where I'm going to be going a lot this week like guys off the tee and approach there's going to be some sand involved with these pot bunkers on on these links courses so you definitely want some guys that can get out of these bunkers cuz they, they are deep and they, they are going to be problems. The greens themselves are large and undulating, so some short game might need to be relied upon, maybe some three-putt avoidance. But like I said, the course overall is a little bit easier than, than what we will see next week. And, and if it's not too windy, some guys can go out and, and get this course. So as far as bets go... Really, I'm kind of taking my time this week. There's a lot of guys bunched up towards the top, so I really haven't made up my mind on who I want to go with there. I'm kind of letting the board shake out a little bit and whoever I can get the best number on. One person I did bet so far is Will Zalatoris. The guy has just been phenomenal this year, and at some point there has to be a win coming, and I, just at this point, it's FOMO. Not even that great of a number. I got him at 28-1, to 1, but I just think he, he has been knocking on the door, and at some point he's going to kick that door in and get his first win, and I want to be there. So Will Zalatoris is on the card. Then I went a little bit further down. I have Mito Pereira, who's been playing very well. Got him at 75-1. to 1. And Harold Varner, who I think could do well on this course also, got him at 80 to 1. So I like those two numbers. And like I said, I'm probably looking to add probably two more guys, but kind of letting the board sort itself out a little bit better and seeing if I can get a better number on somebody. Those are really all the bets I'm looking at so far. As far as DraftKings goes, like I said, this is very similar to a major. So you have some of the best guys, basically everybody great in the world other than Rory. So you're going to have to make some decisions up top. I'm probably going to play a lot of guys up top and really make my stances on some of the lower priced guys. So I'll spread myself a little bit out up here and and really hammer hammer in on some of the the lower price guys. I've been riding Scotty Scheffler and, you know, hasn't really killed me, hasn't really won tournaments for me, but I'll probably have a little bit of him in the player pool. Before we really go into the players, I probably should say I am treating this like a major and generally in majors I have two separate player pools, so I will have my single entry and three entry max as well as a 20 entry max. So little little bit different. I'll kind of you know, separate the two. Some guys will be in both, but some of the chalkier guys will be in the single entry and then three entry max. So Scotty will probably be in the single and three entry. Um, I'm definitely playing John Rahm. I've been on him most of the year. Earlier in the year, the putter was killing him, but he does seem to have turned that around. He did actually come seventh here last year, so I like his safe floor. I think he still has upside here, so I'll, I'll probably be very heavy on Rahm. He'll he'll be in both player pools most likely. I'm actually surprised to see Matthew Fitzpatrick as of recording this, looks to be like he's going to be the lowest owned of the 10K range. And it's understandable that you want to play these guys over Matthew Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's very hard to make a case that Matthew Fitzpatrick is any better than any of these guys up here. But I just like, you know, he's he's a Lynx player. He's played well here, obviously lost in the playoff last year. He won the U.S. Open, came 10th, miscut 5th and 2nd in his previous four tournaments, so he's got great form coming in. He's gained strokes off the tee and on approach in 8 straight, 
and he's fifth off the tee over the last 24 rounds. And like I said, he lost the playoff here last year, looked good, knows the course. So I, I definitely will be playing some Fitzpatrick probably in the 20 max. And honestly, as of right now, I am considering fading Xander Schauffele. I fade him quite a bit. If you've listened to this podcast, you probably know that or read my articles. But honestly, this week, it, it terrifies me. He is in obviously great form. He could come out here and, and just continue that form. But I am going to hope that he is the highest owned guy, similar to Webb last week. And maybe just falters a little bit before the major. So kind of leaning towards Faden Xander. There's just a lot of guys up here that I really, really like, and if he's going to be the highest owned, I am fine going away from him this week. I will be playing. Like I said, I already made a bet on Will Zalatoris. Just going to keep riding riding him. He, he has been just too good this year. Second, fifth, miscut, and second in his last four tournaments. He's first in ball striking, fourth off the tee, tenth on approach, and fifth in DraftKings scoring over the last 24 rounds. He did actually play here last year and came 26th, so not too bad. Another guy that really likes Lynx Golf is Tommy Fleetwood, $8,400. I will be playing a bit of Fleetwood as well. He also lost in a playoff year back in 2020 and came 26th last year. He has a 33rd, 2nd, and 12th in his last three Open Championship appearances. So the guy plays Lynx course as well, plays well in Scotland. I, I think if it gets windy and difficult... He, he could definitely be be good. So I will I will have Fleetwood most likely in my 20 max player pool. Another guy, as I said, Mito Pereira, $7,700. Already made a bet on him. He has also been great this year. Second tee to green, seventh off the tee, 11th on approach, and 12th around the green over the last 24 rounds. So I see no reason to go away from Mito Pereira. Another guy that obviously should play well in these conditions is Robert McIntyre. So Bobby Mack is, you know, he's from the area. Maybe not this exact area, but he's from Scotland. So obviously, like I said, he should be comfortable around here. He came 8th in the Open Championship last year and 18th and 14th in the previous two Scottish Opens. So he should know his way around here. No matter what the course throws, no matter what the elements throw at him, I, th I think he should be comfortable. And honestly, as of right now, looks like he's probably only going to be maybe 10, 12% owned. So definitely like that. I think he's a safe play for a three entry, single entry, or if you want to use him in a GPP, that ownership's pretty low. So I don't mind either of those. Next, I will also be playing Chris Kirk. I think if it gets a little bit windy here too, he, he could be good been great around the green second around the green 11th off the tee over the last 24 rounds he's actually gained strokes off the tee in every tournament dating back to november of last year which is pretty impressive he's coming off a seventh place at the rbc where he gained over nine strokes tee to green so like where chris kirk's game is at and i will definitely be playing some of him like i said kind of honing in on some of these guys down here in in the lower sevens I don't mind some Harold Varner. I already made the bet with him. I do actually like Gary Woodland, 7300 Nice cheap price. If it does get winny, he hits that low stinger. Definitely think that that could come in handy here. A guy that's also played well here the past couple years 
is Ryan Palmer. I know he's been pretty bad so far this year, but he is a boom bust guy. You know, he can look terrible and and just pop from time to time. And like I said, he's played here before and and played okay. So at $6,800, I don't think that's a terrible play. So really, I I would say, you know, look, look around at some of the guys that are lower priced and, and really plant your flag on a couple of them and then then really dig into the higher end range because like I said this is like like major type field so it is very top heavy they are very very good golfers so I would spend most of your lineup construction towards the top putting as many of those guys in and, and then kind of sprinkling in guys at the bottom that that's the route I'm going to go this week if you're looking for some lower owned guys that could be some good pivots you know Colin Morikawa Patrick Cantlay are getting overlooked kind of up top at 9600 and 9400 if we go down a little bit Hideki Matsuyama doesn't seem to be getting much steam Victor Hovland Sungjae Im are going to be lower owned I also think Terrell Hatton, who's been terrible lately, you know, you get him back in a place where he's comfortable at 7800 That's not a ter- terrible price for him. Alex Norin is going to be very low-owned at 7500 So there, there's plenty of guys that you can play this week, and I think it's, it's good if you can dig in a little bit to the guys on the DP World Tour get a better idea of some of the guys that play well on these links courses because you are going to see some random names that people have no idea who they even are, especially considering this is kind of a short week with the holiday being yesterday. So people probably aren't getting in as much research as they generally do. But that's all I have for this week. Be sure to check out thehelmsports.com. Check out my DraftKings core ownership projections, fades and pivots, And also you can check out the course preview over there, so be sure to check that out. Like I said, please leave a five-star review. It goes a long, long way to getting us listeners, and, and with the last major of the year, would love to get as many of those as possible. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Next week we will be going hard into the major, the last major of the year, like I said, the Open Championship, so be sure to check out that, and that's going to do it for this week. So thanks, and I will talk to you soon.